Welcome to the Marriage Day Podcast. I'm Jimmy Evans. This is my wife, Karen. We're so glad that you've joined us. This podcast exists to help every couple thrive in marriage, and you can thrive. You just need the right information. Karen, thank you for joining me today. Thank you. It's great to be here. And we're talking about indestructible marriage, uh, God's indestructible plan for marriage, that every couple can have a stable marriage where you can enjoy passion and intimacy for the rest of your lives. You really can. And I know for some people that might seem kind of like a, a, a lie, but, it, but it's really the truth. Um, and we almost divorced after several years of marriage, so we know what it's like to rebuild our relationship. Um, but we want to talk today about indestructible communication. So how do you learn to communicate to one another in a manner that both of you can communicate and you, do, you can do it successfully? You can uh, inform each other successfully. You can resolve conflicts successfully. You can work through issues successfully. How can you do that? So that's what this is about. Before we go to the teaching, uh, we're going to answer some questions from you guys. Uh, Karen, you have a question, yes. I think. Um, how can I model a good Christian example for my children if my spouse has decided to walk away from the Lord, but it is still but it's still okay with me teaching them the Bible and how to serve God? Well, uh, you know, Jesus said to him who overcomes, you know, in the Revelation 2 and 3, when he's talking about the seven churches, he told to him who overcomes, he makes these promises, to be an overcomer, you're, you're teaching your children how to overcome this circumstance, staying together with your spouse, loving them, praying for them, meeting their needs, but at the same time, standing for your faith and not attacking your spouse, not rejecting your spouse, but loving them in spite of it. That's teaching your children to be Christ-like, but also standing for your faith and teaching your children that we don't, we don't abandon our faith because other people are. And, you know, your, your husband or whatever um, I'm assuming this is a wife, but maybe it isn't. Uh, but your husband or whatever, even though they have forsaken their faith, you can still stand for your faith and be a good example to your children. In fact, it's even more important for you to be a good example to your children because of the apostasy of your spouse at this point. And hopefully they'll come back. I would say also um, be love your spouse back to Jesus. Don't don't be the Holy Spirit to them. Don't try to nag them back. Don't try to guilt them back. But just love them back and be a good example to them. And that way the whole family is better off. Well, and I think that, you know, it's there's scripture that says that, you know, we can win our spouse over by our behavior. And so what you're saying is exactly right. And, you know, it, it's also when I think about her kids, her kids are going to be okay. Because if they're seeing a righteousness in the home of any kind, you know, it's going to affect them. And the Lord blesses that. And so, right. you know, keep her hope in God and, and you know, just trust God to change her husband or a spouse or whatever. Yeah. This is one I have for you. Uh, the, this person says, I struggle with having a positive sounding tone toward my husband. This was the way my parents communicated, but now it is hurting my marriage. What is your advice to help me change my voice tone toward my husband? That's a good question. Um, I think, you know, we all, especially as women, go through mood changes, you know, and if we're, <laughs> don't, don't be laughing at me. And so, you know, if you're under stress or like she's saying that something was modeled, you know, I think the best way to find out is record yourself. And so I've said this to you before. I said, if you could just hear yourself. I know. We don't have to say it again. <laughs> and so but sometimes it might be a good thing, you know, record yourself, let yourself hear and then. Because that's what helps me. Is I think I, I'll hear myself say something or do something. I'm thinking, that didn't sound very good. And so, you know, I'm mean, going to ask the Lord. I mean, the Lord, 
can help our hearts to soften and uh, not portray how our parents were. And, um, you know, it's just a gentle answer always takes care of a lot of issues. Well, in this teaching that's coming up here in just a minute, I talk about tone. The number one issue of communication is tone. And you can say you can say the same exact thing with the wrong tone or the right tone. And if you say it with the right tone, then your spouse can receive it. If you say it with the wrong tone, they're going to feel rejected and frustrated, whatever. Tone is everything. Uh, because tone communicates care. It communicates value. It communicates all those kinds of things. And so, um, yeah, there was a time in our marriage where I would communicate to you impatiently, frustratedly, and my tone was bad. Well, and I think it's not just your voice and your tone of your voice. I think it's your face, too. Because I can remember. <laughs> oh, sorry. We're, we're talking about tone here. Don't yeah, but no, no, face. no. Because, you know, it's hard when you're, you know, I always, when I was growing up, you know, I know I had a solid, stoic face because I felt that way inside, you know, so damaged. And I remember asking the Lord to help me have a nice face. And so, and I think that, you know, on back on some of the fights we've had and you get that stoic look and I'm like, just, just, and it's like. <laughs> and so, I think we need counseling. <laughs> but you know what I mean? <laughs> okay. Well, I think that, um. The tone to a man or a woman, it doesn't matter. It's everything. And I'm going to talk about that a lot in this. But, you're, you know, you, you talk. The, she talks here about her mother. You know, th this is the way her mother communicated with her father. That's called an iniquity. That's a bent toward a behavior. Uh, you know, God says, I'll visit the iniquities of the fathers and mothers and fathers on the third and fourth generation. We have a natural tendency to do it. Our parents did. But the way to break that is to forgive your mom and to bring that area to Jesus and say, Lord, I, I want you to teach me. The Holy Spirit will lead you into all truth. Teach me how to speak to my husband and stop stop doing what your mom did because you said it's damaging your marriage. Of course it is. Okay, But bring that area to Jesus and submit it to him and that bent area will become straight. And you and I had to do that in dozens of areas of our lives, you know, because of the wrong training of our past. Well, we're going to go to this teaching now on indestructible communication. I really want you to hear this because this is something that dramatically changed our marriage. It'll help you too. God bless you. Indestructible communication, it is the most important feature in marriage because it transcends every area. We talk about money. We talk about kids. We talk about sex. We talk about church and God. We talk about many, many different things. 86% of people getting divorced say they had deficient communication in their marriage. It's one of the common threads of bad marriages or marriages that are failing. And so the, the point though being not just communication, true intimacy, the prize of marriage is intimacy, is being close. You just simply can't be intimate with your spouse unless you have the ability to communicate. So let me talk, I'm gonna talk about communication. I'm gonna begin by talking about why we communicate. Communication in marriage is not just for a, a reason or two. There are six basic reasons why we communicate in marriage. The first is basic information. You know, that this is just kind of ground level. Uh, dinner's ready. You know, just take out the trash or something like that. Just basic information. The second is partnership. We have, we share. As a married couple, we share our lives together. Kids, family, all that. Needs, responsibilities, children, finances. We're partnering together. Uh, in our relationship, we need to talk about. The third is conflict resolution. There's no such thing as a, uh, a good marriage where there's no conflict. 
we, we need to talk things out. We need to find resolution about things that maybe we're uh, not seeing eye to eye on. The fourth is connection. Verbal and nonverbal ways we communicate with each other to try to get validation, attention, affection, and emotional connection. Now, this, is, this is massive. The research showed that the average couple connects over 100 times during the average meal. And this is physical affection, terms of endearment, wink, smile, compliment, whatever it might be. I, we need to connect with each other. And research proves that the harder you are to connect to, you or your spouse, the much higher your rate, chances of divorce go up. And by uh, you know, connection, it just means, honey, and yeah, and we're connected. You know, I look at you, I smile at you, I, I, I come up and give you a hug. I'm, I'm trying to connect with you. The easier we are to connect with verbally and non-verbally, the more our marriage is better and more intimate. The harder it is, if you feel like you can't get your spouse's attention or they're, they're ignoring you or something, big, big problem in marriage. Number five reason that we communicate is personal information and revelation. That is personal expressions of feelings, thoughts, frustrations about life, my dreams, my fears, my hurts. I wanna tell you about myself. This obviously is a much higher level of communication than just basic information, okay? I wanna I want open my heart and I wanna I want to talk to you about how I'm feeling and thinking. Number six is intimate communication. Expressions of love, affection, affirmation, dreams, desires, all those types of things. And so that's the mountaintop. When we get to the place where we can open up and communicate on an intimate level. But what we have to realize is when communication fails on any level, it affects all levels. The example, if I'm sharing my needs with you and feel as though you don't validate them, but rather you rejected me, it will keep you, it will keep me from sharing personally and intimately with you, okay? If I'm trying to share my hurt or anger with you to try to resolve a conflict and you attack and accuse me and won't listen, it will also affect communication on every other level. If I'm trying to connect with you in verbal and nonverbal ways and feel as though you're ignoring me or you're too busy for me, it will cause problems on every level. There, uh, we, there have been a lot of problem with phones and texts and phone calls and things like that. When Karen and I met uh, in 1932, no, 1969, well, there weren't cell phones. So when you were alone, you were alone. It, it was possible once upon a time to actually be alone, okay? And you weren't alone. I mean, there was a phone in your house, but when you were out somewhere, people couldn't get, so it was really nice to be together over a meal or something, but today, unfortunately, everyone on earth is with us. And a lot of marriages have been seriously affected by the inability to disconnect with a phone or a text or something like that. And so the, very important that we feel as though that we can connect with our spouse. But when, when communication fails on any level, it affects all levels. So let me talk about the five elements of indestructible communication in marriage. This is what it takes if you're going to be able to talk. And we need to talk. It's what, what makes marriage great is being able to connect and having somebody to share our lives with and our hearts with. But here are five, five elements of good communication. Number one is the right tone. This one, this one is critical. The right tone. Okay, so everything that we say carries a tone with it, and that tone determines if it's gonna be successful or not. So I'm gonna say the same words three times, but I'm gonna say something different every time. Okay, so I'm gonna first of all say, okay, I understand, I'll do it. I'm gonna say it again. Okay, I understand, I'll do it. 
Say it one more time. Okay, I understand, I'll do it. I said three different things. The first time I said it, I said it with the right tone. The second time I said it, I was frustrated. The third time I said it, I was angry. The only way that my spouse is gonna be able to hear me if I say it the first way. If my tone is wrong, it tanks the communication because all, all communication has a tone to it and that tone shows if we care or not. Let me say this. It is impossible to communicate with a person who does not care. It's just, have you ever had a waiter or waitress uh, in a restaurant and they come and take your order and then move to Europe? You know, <laughs> and they're not to be found any longer. They disappear from the face of the earth. And then you see them walk back through the room, but they don't want, they don't want to make eye contact with you. But you want more tea or you want some ketchup or something like that. And they, they don't care. They, they just don't care. It is impossible to communicate with a person who doesn't care. And my tone tells you if I care or not. Listen, so Karen says to me, uh, uh, Jimmy, this and this and this. And, and I respond with, what? what? I'm put out, I'm frustrated. Well, what I'm telling her is I don't care. But if she says to me, Jimmy, I say, yeah. And I respond with the right tone. My tone says everything. And every tone carries an encrypted message to our spouse that either allows them to hear or not. We hear through our deepest needs. Okay, so a, a man's deepest need is honor and a woman's deepest need is security. We have other needs, but those are our mega needs. So let me use a woman as an example. So a woman needs to feel secure. The Bible tells a man to lay down his life for his wife and to nourish her as he would his own body. And so we're, we're supposed to sacrificially care for our wives. And so when you're talking to your wife, um, it doesn't matter what you're saying. It, the words, what you're saying doesn't matter. Your tone has to say this to her. You're the most important thing in the world to me. I'll lay down everything else in my life to take care of you. You're not a burden to me. You're, you're, not, you're not in any way uh, bothering me. I will do anything. If, if I don't get mine, you'll get yours. To my hurt, I'll take care of your needs. You're first. What is it that you need? Doesn't matter. If it can be, you can be talking about the kids. You can be talking about anything. But when she hears a tone coming from you of sacrifice and care, it calms her down and makes her feel secure. Okay. And so if Karen said to me, uh, Jimmy, are you going to play golf? And I said, yeah, you got a problem with that? Oh, that's the fight just started. But what if she said, Jimmy, you're going to play golf? And I said to her, well, I was thinking about it, but if you need something, you're more important than golf. What is it that you need? It's all, it's all good. If she knows that she's first, if she knows that I will sacrificially care for her, she can now hear, listen, if I communicate insecurity to her, it's like a jamming frequency. Rather than calming her down, all it's gonna do is upset her. And my tone is the most important part of that. For a man, when women are communicating with men, you do need to understand we're very sensitive in our egos. And some women say that's just pride. Well, it can be pride, but God made us to where our most important need is respect. And of course, the Bible tells a woman to treat her husband like she would Jesus. That means with, with great respect. So. When you're talking to your husband, it doesn't matter what the subject is. What matters is he can't hear if you're disrespectful. I mean, what is being said to a man is less important to us than how it's being said. The way you talk to us is more important to us than what you're saying. And when you're going to have successful communication, by the way, what I said about security and women is true of your daughters. 
And what I'm saying about honor in your husbands is true of your sons. You'll, ne you'll, never, you'll never be able to influence a man or a boy when you're disrespecting him. And whatever you're saying, whatever the conversation is, here's what your husband has to hear. I believe in you, you're a good man. You're worth, you're worth everything. I believe that you are really, really an integrous man and I know everything's gonna work out and I believe that you're a hunk. And if you're lying about that, Jesus will forgive you. <laughs> but honey, I need, I need to talk to you about something. If you talk to your husband and he can, what, what do you have to say? What do you have to say? We open our hearts. See, women will open their hearts if they feel secure and men will open their hearts if they feel honored, but you're not gonna be able to communicate if you're not communicating on a heart level. You're talking to my head, but my heart's disconnected. So number one, most important issue in communication is tone. Number two is enough time. You have to have enough time to communicate. Well, let me talk about three different types of communication and how much time to allot to that type of communication. Let me first of all talk about proactive communication. And this is, not reacting constantly to issues, but just sitting down for three to five days a year and having a vision retreat, maybe, maybe including in that a budget. Budgets are very important. Budgets cause you to make decisions in advance. And the most important issue in a budget is not the numbers on a page, it forces you to deal with your values. What do you value? And when you have to assign dollars to things, it makes you focus on your values. And if your values are not the same, you're gonna fight all the time. You're constantly reacting to the kids. You're constantly reacting to busy schedules. You're constantly reacting to all these things. Stop reacting and be proactive. And many people, many people who have bad marriages, they never sit down and talk. They never patiently, proactively talk. And I'm saying three to five days a year, if you will do this, if you'll make it happen on your calendar, Save up for it, find a place for the kids. It will transform your relationship. The second type of communication is personal communication. And this takes 30 to 60 minutes a day. This is no distractions, no computers, no telephones, no television, and no kids. You have to train your children to respect your marriage. And you come home and you take care of the kids and give them the time they need. And then you say to your kids, this is mom and dad's time and we don't want you interrupting. And we're gonna put you to bed. You may die of thirst or get killed by a monster, that's okay. We're good, with, we, we're good with that, but don't interrupt us, okay? We gave you plenty to drink and we, the exterminator came out, there are no monsters in the house. If you don't train your children to respect your marriage, you won't have a marriage. Number three feature of good communication is an atmosphere of trust. You can't communicate without opening your heart. Good communication happens on a heart level not on a head level. And for us to be able to, to communicate that way, we have to be able to trust each other. And here's, here's what uh, builds trust. In our character, being faithful, servant-hearted, sacrificial, and humble. We have to have good character. The number one reason for dating is to find out the character of the person you're about to marry. And the number one thing that develops character is, is of course, Christ but being humble and, and teachable. Number two, in connection, empathy, caring, attentiveness, affirming. I care about you. I, I, I trust you because I feel like you care, you're empathetic. You, you, you put yourself in my shoes and you're, you're easy to talk. You don't judge me while I'm talking or reject me. In conflict, you're approachable. 
You're responsible. You, you take responsibility for your issues and you don't blame me constantly. You're committed. You stay. You don't threaten to divorce or something like that. In confidentiality, you never share personal information outside the marriage. You never use sensitive information to retaliate, embarrass, intimidate, or punish. Listen, in marriage, we should be at each other's safe place. The safest place on earth for me to talk is with Karen Evans. And Karen Evans' safest place to talk, but if, I, if she tells me something personal and I share it with my friends or family members or something like that, it's gonna devastate her. So we've, we've gotta be confidential. In crisis, we're loyal, faith-filled, and committed. And there's a difference between criticizing and complaining. This is a critical difference in marriage. Okay, we have to be able to complain in marriage. And in the best marriages, you give your spouse the right to complain without paying a price. They don't fear complaining. Now, criticizing and complaining are different. Criticism is about you. And I come to you and I say, you did this and you did this and you did this and you did this and this is what you meant by it and all that stuff. And you're immediately defensive. That's, that's being critical. But complaining is not about you. Complaining is about me. And complaining, what I'm saying is, honey, you said something to me this morning and I don't know what you meant by it, but can I tell you how I feel? I felt like you were trying to get back at me about yesterday. And I'm not saying that's true, but I'm just saying, that's how, see, when, when I'm complaining to you and telling you how I feel, you don't feel attacked. And it's gonna be very easy for you to say, that's not, that's not what happened at all. I, I was not trying to get you back. And see, you don't have to make your case. All I'm doing is sharing my feelings. But if I come to you judging you and trying to tell you what you meant by that, then it, it just shuts down communication on all levels. We need to be able to share our truth, okay? I'm not saying this is scriptural truth. I'm just saying it's the way that I feel. And when your spouse shares something like that with you, you need to validate it. Even if you don't agree, what you can say is, well, honey, I don't, I don't really understand what you're saying. I don't necessarily agree, but I understand that it's important. And I, I wanna thank you for sharing. The worst marriages are where people pay a price for being truthful. They're the worst. And many times when people come to counseling, they'll say something to me and I'll say, have you told your spouse that? And they'll say, no, they'd go ballistic. Okay, listen. I want to be the best husband that I can be for Karen Evans. And there's only one way I can do that. And that's information from Karen Evans. And if Karen came to me and complained and said, Jimmy, you're not meeting my needs. And I said to her, yes, I am. Yes, I am. What do you mean? Yeah, what? And I push back at her. What's happening, she's gonna shut down. And I, the only way you know you're a good husband is when your wife tells you you are. The only way you know you're a good wife is when your husband tells you. And if you're threatened by their information, there's something wrong with you, not them. And we need to be careful in how we share. We need to complain and not criticize. We need to make it about our feelings and not about them. But here's another thing about truth. Grace must precede truth in order for it to be received. Again, according to research, conversations in marriage never rise above the level of the first three minutes. It's called harsh startup. If you begin, if you begin by saying, I'll tell you what, right now, I'm on the computer in there and I'm on onehourdivorce.com. I've got the page up and I'm gonna go in there and push enter if you don't, if you don't say what I wanna hear. Well, it's gonna go bad, you know. When you come in with your guns blazing and threats and stuff like that, a conversation never rises above the level of the first three minutes. So let me tell you, and I used to do that when I was a young husband. Gary Chapman, uh, the author of The Five Love Languages, wrote a book called Now You're Speaking My Language. And according to his book, there are four unhealthy fowls, F-O-W-L-S, birds, 
four unhealthy fouls of communication in marriage. And I think most of us fit naturally within one of these. The first is a dove. Uh, I want peace at any price. In this pattern, one partner placates the other in order to avoid his or her wrath. Number two is a hawk. It's your fault, a hawk attacks. This, this was how I was. The hawk blames his spouse for everything. Hawks appear to be strong and belligerent, but in reality, they're weak emotionally. The third foul is an owl. Let's be reasonable. This person shows no feelings, says the right words, reveals no emotional reaction, and is more like a computer than a person. The fourth foul is an ostrich. Ignore it and it will go away. This, person, this pattern basically ignores the other person's actions and comments. This person simply doesn't respond. And he's saying, all of those aren't honest. All of those violate the honesty of marriage. If you're going to have a good marriage, it means you're going to have to be able to be honest and to share your feelings. Let me say one other thing before I go to my last point here. You're married to someone very different. If you're married, I hope you're not shocked by that comment. You, you thought you were marrying someone exactly like you. You got online and you matched in all 3,000 categories. And they're a cowboy fan. You thought you were marrying Mr. Wright, Miss Wright. My, my friend says that he, uh, he knew he was marrying Miss Wright, but he didn't know her first name was always. Uh, you need to be able to communicate in marriage. Let me go back through these. Tone, time, trust, truth, team. Five foundations. And you're, you're probably not doing all this stuff right now. But just make a note of some things that you can begin to change. Talk about these things on your date night or something like that. Talk about these things, but commit that you're gonna work on the communication in your marriage for the rest of your marriage. Because this is a big deal. Hey, this is Brent Evans with Exo Marriage. And I want to thank you for listening to the Marriage Today podcast. We believe your marriage has a 100% chance of success if you do it God's way. If you enjoyed today's teaching and want to keep learning, hey, subscribe to the Marriage Today podcast and take some time to leave us a review. Your reviews help us spread the word and can encourage someone else in need. For more great marriage content, check out exomarriage.com where you can see all of our marriage building resources, articles, and live events.